let's get this thing off and rocking and rolling. Oh, yeah. <sighs> What's going on, world? Whole world, you have tuned in to another episode of the North Star Podcast. I am your host, Simba Ali, and as promised, we have a special guest with us on the North Star. We have Gavin Hendrickson. Did I say that right? Yeah. Gavin Hendrickson. Let me hit the applause. Thanks for stopping by the show, bro. No problem, man. It's a pleasure. It's yeah. my first uh, video interview podcast mm-hmm. ever. So, yeah, and I appreciate you coming by because you got the fight coming up on the twenty third. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's it's a week away now. A week away now, and uh, me and wife will be at that there. So, how how you feeling? I'm feeling great. Best I've ever felt. Good. I've good. been dedicating my whole life since I went pro in September. So I've been doing it nonstop, fighting every couple of months, and I just been staying busy mm-hmm. staying in shape yeah mm-hmm. you look like i said i came and seen you at the gym minnesota top team mm-hmm. and uh yeah you you are in shape and uh like i said i'm glad that you allowed me to get you on the show because i'm a big big huge fucking fight fan and you know for me to it's it's, it's tough to get in that community when you don't have a history of being in it you know what i mean so i'm kind of just watching from the outskirts so when i got the chance to have you on the show i was like fuck yeah shout out to uh ken ken tate for uh, plugging Tay-tay. this up, yeah. Shout out to Ken Tate. <laughs> that's what y'all call him, Ken Tate. Yeah, that's how that's how he says it. I've been yeah. friends with him for like ten years, and yeah, he's a cool guy. He seems like a cool dude. Oh yeah, he seems chill. like a really really cool dude. Yeah, so he he threw the play out like, hey man, he sees me, you know, fucking around on the bag and shit. So he's like, you really actually like this shit? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I know a couple people, and he's plugged into the community, so. Big shout out to Ken Tate. So, well, like I say, you got the big fight on the 23rd. You're looking good, man. Um, how long have you been boxing? I've been boxing since I was 16 and I'm 26 now. Oh, 10 years. So it's been about 10 years. And ever since I started, I was training for like two weeks. He said, you want to do your first amateur fight? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my coach at the time, Alex Vasquez. So, uh, I did my, to Alex Vasquez. Uh, so yeah, I've been, I was doing that. And then I, I had lost my first couple of fights mm-hmm. when I started off. I wasn't really doing too good, but I just kept fighting, kept sparring and training and eventually i uh became one of the best or at one point the best amateur fighter in the upper midwest really i won the uh upper midwest title for golden gloves and yeah since uh my first fight was in december professional though so i had like 100 amateur fights Mm -hmm. i was driving all around the country trying to get fights every every week every other week me and my coach roy dunlap okay Shout out to Roy Dunlap. Yeah. What's going on, Roy? Yeah, I've been with him uh, ever since I started from the beginning, so. Okay, and you said you started when you were 16? 16, yeah. Okay, that's when you had your first fight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was playing football and stuff, but I wasn't getting enough playing time and stuff, so I said, I'll try out this boxing. I was a big Kelly Pavlik and uh, Nick Diaz fan. Ah, Kelly Pavlik. Yeah. Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz, yeah, his big brother. Big bro. A lot of people mostly know about Baby Bro, you know what I'm saying? But Big Bro was where, where it all started. He was one of the first main attractions. He really set UFC off, you know what I mean, as far as, like, to the next generation of people that watch it now. Like, our generation, my generation, your generation. We remember the Diaz brothers. So you're, you're, so you're a UFC fan. That's how you kind of got introduced, right? Yeah, I liked UFC before uh, MMA before I ever liked uh, boxing. Okay. But that kind of got me into it. And then I don't really like doing the whole wrestling and 
grappling thing. Yeah. It's not really my thing, so. Yeah. <clears throat> Try to keep the face pretty. Yeah. Because, you know, you get them cauliflower ears and shit when you mm-hmm. do that wrestling shit. Yeah. Uh. So, um, now, growing, where are you from? Where are you, like, what part of Minnesota are you from from? Uh, Apple Valley, basically. That's where I grew up. That's where I went to high school and everything. Okay. And then I've always lived in, I moved out when I was 18, but I've been moving a lot, but I've always stayed in the Twin Cities. I don't think I'll ever leave. I don't even like going on vacations anywhere. I get, like, anxiety even leaving the state. So I just, like, I don't know something about the Twin Cities. I just, I know people here and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's my home. I don't even like leaving, even for a weekend or whatever. So you enjoy the winters. That don't bother you. No, nah, I love all the seasons. You love spring, all the seasons. Spring, fall, summer. I don't. I don't really care about the winter that much. Mm-hmm. Now you said you you said you left home when you were eighteen. Yeah. Uh huh. What What do your parents? How do they feel about you fighting? Is it a career that you kind of had to talk to them about that they weren't really with, or when you told them that you know this is what I want to do, were they kind of on board with it? Uh yeah, I would say my dad, he thinks it's cool. He doesn't really know too much about boxing or anything, but he thinks it's cool. He goes to all my fights and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh brings dads up, brings just like up. to see their sons kick ass oh, deep yeah. down down inside, right? Yeah, 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 he loves it. He brings all his friends and everything to the fights and uh nice. my mom, she's not really a big fan of it. She never goes to my fights. Uh Oh. She went to one and I got beat up pretty bad that fight. I I lost the fight. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Now, yeah. had you whipped that guy's ass, right. she might have came to another one. Yeah. It's tough for moms to see their kids get hit. Yeah, so if she doesn't go, she always tries to tell me to quit and stuff. You know, she's worried about, uh, there's like a lot of Parkinson's in my family and stuff. Mm. So she's worried about that. But Well, when I was watching you fight, you do have a, a very um, calculated style. You know what I mean? I was watching your fights. Um, I think it was a guy named like Mendoza or something like that. A couple... Uh, oh yeah, Lorenzo Cardona. Yeah. Cardona, yeah, yeah. I was watching that fight and uh, another fight with another guy was a brother, and y'all had went like I think it was three rounds, and I was looking at how you fight, and I'm like, you are very calculated with what you're giving, how you look. You know, some fighters have the equipment, don't know how to use it. You have length, you have reach, and but not only that, you know how to use it in order to keep yourself in positions where you don't really get in the slug slug fest unless you want to, it look like for me watching your fights, it's like you don't get pulled into slug fest. You almost like, all right, let's do it. I want to do it. You know, if it's not that, then you have a tendency to work that jab. Who, who, who did you work with that kind of made your boxing style? What it is right now? What, what we see today? Yeah. I think a lot of that comes from my amateur background because like I said, I've done like over a hundred fights. Mm-hmm. So when I first started off, I would try to slug with people, but then you realize I got a long reach. I'm not like, I don't necessarily have the most power, knockout power, mm-hmm. but if I can use my jab and I'll box people until they get tired the last couple of rounds, then I can start brawling a little more. Right, right. And then uh, just take what they give me, but I don't really go into a fight with like a certain game plan. It's just start off using my jab and take what they give me, and I know that's what the last guy, when I fight all these MMA fighters, all they do is go forward with crazy overhand wild punches and stuff, and usually they'll walk themselves into something so you don't even have to go after them too much. Mm-hmm. Now, so you are a fan. We were talking a little bit earlier. You are a fan. Boxing is your first love. If you have a choice to watch something on TV, everything's on right now. Football, basketball, MMA, boxing. You're going to go boxing. Yeah, but to be honest, I I, love, I like the UFC fights too. Sometimes I get more excited for those too because oh. 
because okay. in boxing, the best fighters don't always fight each other. Hey. UFC. Point. UFC, they, I mean, they don't really have a choice, but, you know. Thank you, Dana White. Yeah, exactly. Even though he's, he's not paying them, right? But Right. But that's that's kind of like that's a that's a tricky thing because <clears throat> when when some people say he's not paying them right, I believe that he pays the champions right, and I think that kind of gives an incentive to be champion. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I think that Dana White might have this thing like this isn't a job. This is a privilege to do this, bro. I mean, you can go work anywhere. You want to fight to be the champion because the champion gets so much different treatment. You get in on the business. Mm-hmm. You know, you get in on the pay per view. So. I do think that Dana White needs to up the, the pay. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, shout out to my UFC fighters out there. But I'm just saying from me looking at it from a, a, a bigger standpoint, it seems like all the champions are always happy. You never hear the champions, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like Francis Ngannou, I guess, might be. But for the most part, their treatment is pretty good. It's more so like the undercard fighters. They, yeah. don't, they don't let them get sponsors even to put on their shorts anymore. Yeah. That's how they made most of their money before. Right. It's things like that. Yeah. Where he wants Reebok or whoever they're signed to, he wants them to get the money instead. But right. the fight business in general is, you know, super, it's known for being corrupt, like yeah. we were talking about earlier and stuff. And fighters don't always get paid what they sign their contract for or whatever. Or they got to go, they got to go get their money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of. It's, co- it's like other businesses, too. Like, everyone says the music business is all shady and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of business in general, but yeah, especially at the lower levels. <clears throat> so growing up in Apple Valley, were you a fighter coming up? Were you a, were you a kid that kind of had a problem? Not a problem, but a, what, what we would say a temper. I would, I would say, yeah, I got, in, I got into fights a lot, but I, never had, I was never violent or had anger problems or anything. It's just if someone was playing with me. I would say, all right, let's fight then if you're going to be, you know. Right. People playing around, slapping each other, hitting each other in the nuts or whatever. Someone does some shit like that to me. I'm, we're yeah. going to fight even if even if uh, I lost a lot of fights. I would lose a fight, get suspended. Mm-hmm. I'm like getting trouble by my parents. I'm like, there was, I, got in tr- I got beat up in front of all my friends. And then I got in trouble at school, suspended. And I got grounded at home. So it's like, what's the point? So once I was a little older, I kind of stopped doing that. So did that kind of steer you into wanting to box? Like, I, I kind of have this, you know, I'm with the shits. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what yeah. we say. I'm with the shits. And I'm not really, a lot of people are f- afraid to fight. I grew up afraid to fight. You know, I used to get bullied a lot. I, I didn't really have older people to, you know, show me how to walk through fighting. So your natural ability to want to jump in and fight and not be scared to fight, is that something that kind of pushed you into Wanting to box? Yeah. Like you said, you tried football, right? Yeah, I played football, basketball, and all that growing up. But I just generally like it the same way how I, like, fell in love with boxing, really. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Walk me through how that – what did it happen? I went to a gym. Did you just say, fuck it, there's a gym right there? How did that happen? Yeah, I showed up at Minnesota Top Team, and I had – I had I don't know, I was, like, 16. I had quit uh, football, and I was just doing whatever, drinking a lot and partying and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And I knew I wasn't going to want to go to college or anything. My grades were bad and all that. So I showed up at the gym one day. I think it was right after I had seen Nick Diaz fight. I showed up, like, the next morning because I was all motivated after seeing that. (laughs) Yeah. So I uh, showed up at the gym, met my first coach, Alex Vasquez. We worked out for a couple weeks. uh, And then he's like, hey, you want to do a fight? I was like, are you sure? I mean, I haven't even sparred yet. 
And then he's like, yeah. So we went to some country club. I had my first fight. I had got beat up pretty bad, but uh, I made it to the distance. It was like fight of the night, exciting fight and stuff. Now, <clears throat> what when you when you stepped in there for the first time, because like I said, I'm trying to walk through this. I'm a fan of this shit. Yeah. So now there's a difference between training. I'm in here now with a person who's looking across from me who wants to fuck me up. Mm-hmm. It's not game anymore. It's not hitting the bags. It's not Instagram posts. This is serious now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The guy, you know what I mean? What was that like for your first thing? Was it your first fight? Was the speed more than you thought? Was the power more than you thought? Or was it a little bit less than what you thought? Did you kind of brain fuck yourself a little bit and then you get in there like, it's not really... Yeah. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Definitely. It was like a new experience because if you're training for, I was probably training for like a couple of weeks or a month before that. Okay. When you know someone else is training and they're trying to beat me up and the kid I was fighting, he had already had a few fights. So he had more experience than me. And uh, the mistake I made is I got rocked with a punch. And when you get hurt in a fight, you're supposed to hold on. Okay. But I started trying to throw back, but I was still hurt. So. It's just things like that that you learn through the experience, especially when you eventually get like 100 fights or when you get up to there, mm-hmm. then you know all these little tricks that people people don't learn. Right. And that definitely will help me. It helped me my last fight when I fought the MMA fighter. He had more professional boxing experience, but he didn't have all the amateur boxing experience. You know, I fought in national tournaments a lot. I fought people that now they're like uh, – 15 and 0 undefeated fighters now and I fought them back in the day and stuff people from Texas and Tennessee and all over the country so wow even Canada too a little bit so you've been across the country oh yeah with this yeah what are some of the states that you enjoy the most that you look back like oh that was I really like that state that was fun I don't know man because I feel like most of these boxing tournaments are kind of in the out in the middle of nowhere like we go to Wisconsin or Iowa. We would right. go to Kansas City, mm-hmm. and that was always cool because we would stay in a hotel and uh, get barbecue after the tournament was done and stuff, and uh-huh. we'd be partying, grilling out at the hotel, and you know that's where you meet most of your best friends. Traveling with uh, my coach Roy, mm-hmm. uh, we would travel with uh, my other coach Caesar Valenzuela, his son Eddie, who you met today. Okay, he's one of the top amateur fighters in the whole country now. And he was fighting since he was like eight years old. Yeah, shout out to Eddie. Shout and out to then, Eddie, uh, man. Yeah, he, uh, I don't know. That's you kind of. So it's just the bonding experiences more than the states. It's just the experience yeah. of being with the bros and shit and yeah, going exactly. to war. Yeah, driving around while we're on road trips, while we're cutting away, we can't eat or anything. And yeah. Suffering together, kind of. Uh huh. Do you do that now? Do you cut weight now? Yeah, it's not too bad. I know I see a lot of people at the weigh-ins. They look all, their faces are all sunken Man. in. A lot of people do it a lot worse than I do. I try not to do it too bad. I oh. diet uh, before the fight, so I don't have to as much. But I'm 6'3", and I fight at 160, so yeah. I'm pretty much taller than everybody I fight, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Um, Now, this guy that you're about to fight, let's, let's, let's get to the shits, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking Alex... And, and shout out to Alex uh, Sertowski. I hope I'm saying the guy's name right, but he said he's going to test your chin now. That's yeah. what he said. He yeah. said he's going to test your chin. Now, you, we were talking a little bit earlier, and you're like, eh, I really don't like shit talking. But once you start shit talking, you got my attention. You know what I mean? So how do you feel about him saying that, that he's going to test your chin? Is that something that you think he's going to be able to do or not as easy as he kind of – he said it pretty easily on the show. Shout out to Ignite. What was the show? Ignite, uh, Ignite? Fights at Canterbury on uh, the 23rd. Yeah. 
What do you feel about that? Do you did that rub you the wrong way a little bit? <sighs> yeah, it did him, him saying he's gonna test my chin because uh, he doesn't know anything about me. He's never seen. He might have seen my last fight, but if he saw my last fight, he just saw me knock somebody out. <laughs> and I, <laughs> so I don't know why that would make him even more confident. I think he's just saying that because that's what he's supposed to say. I don't think he really believes that, and nobody knows what the hell is gonna happen. It's a it's a fight anyway, so. I would never say, oh, I'm going to knock him out in this round or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, I would just say, if I, I don't have that much money, but I would put all my money on me winning the fight. Yeah, that's what he told me. Yeah. And this motherfucker got the eye of a tiger. He has this thing where he does where he'll look you right in your eye and let you know, like, and if you got some money, you should bet it on me too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's the real look. I like that, man. And that's an, another thing that I'm noticing being around you. You do have this serious look. That, that comes across that I, that I dig, you know what I'm saying? And coming from Apple Valley, you don't think that looks in Apple Valley. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You don't think that the look that you have is fucking in Apple Valley, but it just shows the eye of the tiger can be anywhere. So the fact that he's um, saying that he wants to test your chin, you know that he's trying to draw you into, that's a little bit of mind manipulation to get you to, oh, motherfucker, really? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. now, because he knows you're, a, like I said, you're a calculated fighter. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So... If I was fighting you, that's what I would say. If I was watching tape on you, I'm going to keep it a buck. Because to be honest, like I said, your ability to use the jab, your, your ability to use footwork, and your career, I got to get you in a slugfest, bro. I got to. I got to get mm-hmm. this in a dirty fight because anything else, and everybody's going to be, I'm going to be looking at that jab. So I would just say take it with a grain of salt and just know it's a little bit of him trying to pull you in. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I get that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, Stay I'm, calculated. I'm not, I'm not worried about it because I know, of course, you're supposed to try to knock me out. That's where your job is. But right. I don't know why he would be, you know, I spar with way better people than him. Mm-hmm. He's been boxing for one or two years. I've been boxing for 10 or 12 years nonstop. I've been at the gym every day. Even when I was out partying or whatever, I'd still wake up early, go to the gym, be running every morning. Like I said, boxing all over the country, boxing some of the best amateurs, uh, in the country, future people that were in the Olympics trials and stuff like that. So, is that where you feel like you got your best? Is that why you got better because f- sparring with the amateurs who are great amateurs? Mm-hmm. That's where you feel like you sharpened your skills. Yeah, and most. I've I've been uh, also sparring with some of the best professional world champion boxers uh, ever since I first started. Like Rob Brandt, he won a title at middleweight. <laughs> Caleb Truax. Mm. Uh, he's a world champion. Uh, Mike Richmond, who he's actually a bare knuckle fighter now. Shit, bare knuckle. He's the best bare knuckle fighter out there right now, too. Number one. Is that the guy with the mustache that yeah. goes like that? Yeah, yeah. shouts out to him, man, from yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, shouts out to my man. I watch oh, him, yeah. too. See, I'm just getting into this. I didn't know you could legally bare knuckle fight. I thought that was something you had to do in the backyard unsanctioned. Yeah, Shit. I thought, I thought that, too, at first. And he's like, I'm going to London to do a bare knuckle fight. Because he used to be an MMA fighter. That dude's a fucking monster. Yeah. He's a fucking monster. Yeah. And it's only legal in, like, a few states here, like, random, like, Wyoming or somewhere else. But, mm-hmm. yeah, those guys are crazy because I don't know how they don't break their hands every time. Yeah. They land a punch. But. I was watching the fight between, uh, I can't remember his real name, but they call him the Juggernaut. And um, uh, what's the guy's name? The God, I can't remember his name. He, he used to fight in the UFC, but he just lost the belt. The guy, Juggernaut, was chasing him around with the belt, and then they end up fighting. Um, Hector Lombard. I think that's his name. Hector oh, Lombard. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he just lost the belt. I think he had the belt for a while, so. 
But um, so now as a boxing fan, who are some of your favorite fighters that you said? Uh, would you say uh, Kelly Pavlik? Kelly Pavlik. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like him. Andre Ward is also one of my favorite fighters. Andre Ward. He's very underrated because he wasn't, uh, you know, like Floyd Mayweather. He wouldn't talk a bunch of trash or anything, try to sell the fight. Mm-hmm. He just beat everyone. He he hasn't lost a fight since he was uh like twelve years old. He won the gold medal in the Olympics and he was undefeated as a, undefeated as a pro, I believe. He retired undefeated and uh super underrated. Yeah. Like people don't even bring his name up when we talk about great fighters. I don't do it too. I forget like fucking Andre Ward because you see him commentating all the time. You think he's always been there, but it's like, no, that motherfucker just, he was kicking ass like two years, two, three, three years ago. He was still kicking ass. Like Adrian Broner. He's so popular because he's always getting arrested in the news and stuff. <laughs> but so you yeah. hear about him, but he's not even Andre Ward is, you know, he's a good role model for kids too. He is. He is. What's a fight right now that you'd like to see? Did, um, Javante Davis, does he have a fight or he, did he just fight? Are there any fights out there that you would like, man, you you two guys need to get in the ring so we can see who's the baddest, like Terrence Crawford and fucking Lemonchenko. You know Terrence saying? Crawford, Earl Spence, who he fights tonight, but uh, he needs to fight. They've been waiting for Terrence Crawford versus Earl Spence mm-hmm. for the past, like, five years. And now, cars, now, they're, now they're, like, 35 years old. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, like, Pacquiao, Pacquiao Mayweather. Mayweather. By, yeah. by the time they fight, they're, like, 40 years old, and it's no. not even a good fight anymore. Yeah. Damn, man. man. And that's what you were talking about with boxing, though. That's that's where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> different different uh, different promoters don't get along with each other. Like the UFC, it's all one promoter. Yeah, but it'd be like different promotion companies trying to come up with a deal, and they already got bad blood from stuff before and all that. Bob Arum don't like Bob Arum, Al yeah. Heyman, Al Heyman. Yeah, yeah. There's like three. Golden Boy. Yeah, yeah. De La Hoya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like three main groups and money they team. They don't like working together. And yeah. And it's crazy because it's so much money to be made. It's just like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's their egos usually getting in the way, and it's actually they're not getting as much money as they could be. So now, where you are right now, do you are you building your kind of team that you're looking to take forward into your pro career? Your managers, your your training team. Are you all building that right now, or are some doors still open? Like ah, I could still somebody could still walk through this door and maybe. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could. Uh, eventually you want to sign with a promoter and everything. But right now it's just me, uh, Nico, uh, Roy, and Cesar Valenzuela. Okay. That's my That's been my team ever since I first started boxing. So, you know, we, we'll talk to promoters and work out like a one-fight deal at a time. But you really don't sign with a promoter anyways until you build up your record a little bit. So I'm 1-0 right now with one uh, no contest because it was a headbutt and he got knocked out. Okay. My first fight, so usually want to get get a few wins under your belt, but most people don't fight like a one and zero fighter right away. So that's why I uh, that's why I'm taking this fight to show them that you know I'm ready to start fighting better and better opposition every time. I don't want a bunch of easy fights. Right. <clears throat> now, so you you were saying that you're one and zero, but you've had almost a hundred amateur fights. Mm-hmm. What's what's the difference with the how how are you not a hundred and one? You know what I mean? What's yeah. the separation? Well, first of all, my amateur record, I think it was like 70 and 25 or something like that when I ended up counting it back. So this fight on April 23rd, is this an amateur fight? No, no, this is professional. Once you go pro, you can't go back. So no headgear? Yeah, no headgear. Oh, shit. And smaller gloves, too. Oh, shit. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this is my third. And my first one, uh, 
the ref said it was a headbutt, but I could show you the video. I landed a right hand, and he went down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were saying uh, it was actually a knockout, but I didn't challenge. I was like, whatever, we'll just do the rematch now. Okay. So I, But now I took care of him. Now I'm moving on to the next one. Nice, nice. Yeah. April 23rd, everybody out there, get Canterbury out. Canterbury Park. Canterbury Park, get out there, April 23rd. Who are the people that, is it, what's my man's name that's putting on the event? Is it like Bajorn? Berg or something, Jeremy Bajorn, yeah, and Hinderaker. Yep, Eric Eric Hinderaker. Hinderaker, uh, yeah. Shout out to those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Big shit, big shit. If you're from Minnesota, you don't have anything to do. Even if you have something to do, I would I would measure it. This versus April 23rd and come see some real gladiator shit. That's where I'm gonna be. That's where me and the wife are gonna be. Goddamn, we're gonna be there seeing fucking Gavin get down. You feel me? Uh so now, do you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I have three brothers. Okay. I'm the second oldest. Second oldest. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have an older brother. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? Do you have, does he still big brother to you or do you try to pull out the skills and say, bro, you're not big, bro. I'll fucking, those are my mashed potatoes, B. You know no, it, was, it was never really like that. Uh, I could probably, I mean, he's not much of a fighter, but I, I, you know, when we were younger, even I could beat, beat him up or whatever. Uh-huh. But, but you uh, still said that's my big brother. But, yeah, so I wouldn't say I didn't really get beat up at home a lot or anything. It was mostly I would get in fights at school and get beat up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't fight too much at home, maybe beat up my little brothers a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah. So you said you do not have a girlfriend, Gavin. Is that? No, what? not ever since I went pro. Uh, so since, like, September. Because, you know, I work, I work a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Once I get off work, I got to go to the gym. Sometimes I work out twice a day. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's really there's really no time for that. And I was telling you earlier, too, throughout my whole amateur career and stuff, if you added up my record with a girlfriend versus without one, uh, it's way better when I don't have a girlfriend, which. He did tell me that. Yes, I did. Yeah, you did. Simple math. You know what I mean? Listen, I I got a place I'm trying to get to. So I got to start looking at. Hold on. Wait a second. I can always get. You can always get a girl. Mm-hmm. They're always going to come. Yeah. Staying focused. I love that. 26. Mm-hmm. Damn, if I was a. I think of me at 26. With one and knowing anything, I talk shit when I'm one and know in Madden. Yeah. You're a one and know in kicking ass business. You know what I'm saying? Ah, boy. And you're just a humble dude. I love that about you. You know what I'm saying? When I met you, just a real cool, humble dude. You know what I'm saying? Embraced me, brought me into the gym. Shouts out to Minnesota top team. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's a good um, contrast to the personality, to the business that you do. You're in the ass kicking business. But you're a very humble and down to earth dude. I really, I really like that about you. you know yeah, I mean? I mean, boxing in itself will keep you humble, especially when you're fighting all the time. You lose a lot of fights, or you'll spar with somebody and they'll maybe get the better of you one day. So it always keeps you humble. Just mm-hmm. the sport of boxing in general. For real. <clears throat> so, Gavin, what are we, what are we watching on TV? What, what's our show? Do you got any shows that you fall deep into? You binge watch? Uh, to be honest, I really don't. Uh, watch too much unless like a girl wants to watch something but uh that's real that's okay. real okay like the two shows i probably watched i watched like all of breaking bad that was a while ago though <laughs> a show I, a show i actually started watching lately is uh snowfall you seen that no <laughs> Two or three seasons in. Oh my God. If you didn't, the reason why I just made that fucking thing because I was going to listen to you list shows and I was going to say, Gavin, you got to watch Snowfall, bro. That oh, yeah. was going to be my thing. So the fact that you're watching it, that's that's what's up. 
Um, we're, we, we see we're watching our Timberwolves right now. And are they winning right now, Gavin? Can you see? I got bad One, somebody got 100. 103? 103. Minnesota's winning right now. God damn. What do you think about that, that our Timberwolves are in the fucking playoffs? Isn't that good? Yeah, I used to be a big fan back when they had, like, KG and Cassell and all those guys. Oh, man, those are the good old days. Yeah, since then they haven't really done uh, too much. And uh, Tyus Jones. Uh, Tyus Jones? He's on the Grizzlies. I went to high school with him. Yeah, Apple Valley. Hey. So, yeah, he's doing good, doing his thing. Uh, He's playing for Memphis now. I don't really see him play too much. but Yeah. Yeah, he's I, he's he's always had a nice game. Yeah. Is he playing right now? Okay, he said he's in right now. Shots yeah. out, man. Yeah, so out there in Apple Valley. So he was. So that was kind of somebody that you looked at as being able to cross that barrier. You had somebody that's from your backyard, Apple Valley, that was able to penetrate. No, it's not a dream. You can get to your goals. You know what I'm saying? If you stay dedicated in your craft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's always going to be harder for people from Minnesota. Minnesota's always underrated and. For especially, I know boxers that come out of Minnesota, you really got to prove yourself because you're going to have to win some fights on your way up. They're not going to give you an easy path. They're going to give you fights that people think you're going to lose. You're the underdog. Which, mm-hmm. uh, And if you win a few of those, then you might be able to get some bigger fights, but you really got to earn your way to the top if you're from Minnesota. And if you're in amateur tournaments and stuff, they'll always put you in the first round against the top fighter in the tournament and stuff because they, they just see that Minnesota and they say, oh. Wait a second. Fight. Are you serious? That's how it really goes? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, that's how it's been for me. They'll always put you, like, in the first round against somebody from L.A. or Vegas or New York. There's a lot of good boxes from those states. So, so they try to get you out of there. Yeah. 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 But if you can whoop New York's ass. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but also in amateur boxing, too, the there's a lot of, like, corruption like we were talking about too with the judges and stuff so yeah they always have their favorites of who they want to go to the mm-hmm. next round of the tournament so you might not get a good fair decision or whatever too yeah yeah that's why we love mike tyson mike tyson probably fucked up a lot of plans in his amateur career i'm knocking this motherfucker out <laughs> there's no there's not gonna be any challenges bye-bye knockout yeah he was 14 15 fighting grown, grown men, men knocking their ass out fucking mike tyson <clears throat> man. there's a there's a lot of fighters that I, um, oh, just some fighters that I wanted to send you home that you should look at. Because, mm-hmm. like I say, I, I watch fighters, and then I don't know anything about fighting, so I wait for somebody that actually does fight, and I say, hey, you should maybe watch this, and you might can use it. I can't use it. You know what I'm saying? The motherfucker fucks me. I'm going to fucking grab a stick and get to swinging. Right. But these are a few fighters that I was just watching their, their tape, and I was like, goodness, these are fighters people don't know about, like Henry Armstrong. You know who Henry Armstrong is? I know the name, but to be honest, I have no... Oh, man. Henry, Henry Armstrong is a guy he fought um, back when there was only six belts. There was okay. only six belts. He held three of them simultaneously. Wow. You know what I'm saying? He fought at the middleweight division. But he would be like the father of like pressure fighters. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, what you see is what would be called a pressure fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Armstrong is the father of that. And then there's, um, you know who Willie Pep is? Oh, yeah. Willie Pep with the footwork. He's, he's uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's the only one to win. A, he won a round without throwing. Zero, he threw zero punches the whole round, and he won the round because he just made the guy miss all his punches and look stupid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. Dope. Oh, and another one, Orlando Cornelius. I think I'm saying the name right. Orlando Cornelius. He's another one that had Willie Pep-like footwork. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm 
big on. That's what impressed me most. Like I was telling you when I started to watch boxing, I always thought it was just guys throwing their hands. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. About, I didn't even understand about the footwork until I started to pay attention to it. And then I start looking like Mike Tyson. You think that Mike Tyson is just throwing these haymaker punches. But after you start to see his footwork and his positioning and his ability, like angles, his angles. Customato, his coach was a genius. He had been studying boxing his entire life. Mm -hmm. And he started training him when he was 15. And he trained him like his psychology and his, all his mental training and stuff. He trained him to be a champ. And I don't, I think he, I can't remember if he passed away before Mike had even won the title. He did. He passed away right before he won it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about fighter psychology, how much of how much does that play into, you know, the fights? Is there, is there, um, do you ever get, is there anything that you would have to do to make sure that you're mentally prepared or that you do do to make sure that you're mentally prepared and sharp when it comes fight night? Mentally. We already know training deals with the physical aspects. Mm-hmm. But are there things that you do to make sure mentally I'm where I need to be? Or things that you don't do? Hey, don't call me. Don't talk to me. Fight night, is there any kind of things that you do to make sure that you're mentally where you need to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, my amateur background helps me out a lot for that, too. I don't really get super nervous when I'm about to walk out there. I'm like, I've already did this 100 times, so it just mm-hmm. kind of comes second nature. But with this professional boxing, it's all about uh, trying, especially when you first start out, it's about trying to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. So, like, the last week before the fight when I'm driving tickets everywhere, Trying to, I work a full time job too, so I got to do that, and I got to train. I got to cut weight for the fight, mm-hmm. so it always it's hard to stay organized. I got a couple people from uh, Minnesota Top Team helping me out with that. Okay, and uh, my dad helps me out with that a little bit too. So I have a lot of help, but yeah, it definitely makes it uh, stressful when you're cutting weight. You can't eat for a day or two, drink any water, and then you're still trying to drive around and do all this shit. Yeah, and you're kind of in the. The, the highest stage of cutting right now, right? You're like, really, I can't fuck around pretty much anything, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean... Did you already I, weigh in? Did you guys already do the... No, it's it's a day before, so we get 24 hours before the fight we got to weigh in. Okay, right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's not too bad. Like I said, that compared to other people, it's not too bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, like I said, I just wanted to say thank you for stopping by the show, man. And, you know, everybody out there, April 23rd, like I said, if you're from Minnesota and you're looking for something to do, April 23rd, get out to Canterbury. That's where we will be. Is there anybody you want to shout out, you know what I'm saying, while you're on the show? Anybody you want to give love to? We give love to Minnesota top team. Thank you. Shout-outs to y'all. Anybody you want to just? Let me actually, uh, first of all, Mexi- right. Mexifino uh, fight, gear. fight gear. That's the gloves that I'm going to use in my fight, too. Okay. Jesse. He had left by the time you got there today, but you can meet him too. He's a he run, he runs this company. They make boxing gloves, boxing equipment. Yeah, he just moved here from uh, L.A. Uh-huh. So yeah, he's helping me out. He's got the best gear and stuff. That's so I'm using that in the fight. Uh, me and him were just at this. I got to get her information. Her name's Marilyn. She's a uh, chiropractor, so she's been helping me out ah, for the fight. Ah, that's what you said you were going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dope, dope. Yeah, I got okay. adjusted there. Uh, it's Premier Health. At one eight one three East Lake Street in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, to them. Shout out to her. I'm gonna go get my rub down. I'm gonna go see what's up with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my coaches, Roy Dunlop. We we had said him earlier. Caesar Valenzuela. Yeah. Those got John Shiman. They've been with me ever since I first started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had the same team ever since I first started. A lot of people 
they'll lose a fight and say, oh, I'm going to switch gyms. It's the coach's fault always. It's never their fault. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nico Walsh, too. Nico. Shout out to Nico. Yeah, Nico's over there holding it down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nico. Uh, he's a wild card. Nico is another person that has to look like he's waiting for it to pop off. Nico's waiting for it to all pop off so he can say, yeah, baby. I told you, Apple Valley, you Nico, Nico likes to party. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I see Nico. <laughs> Nico's like, yeah, baby. <laughs> and I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Minnesota top team, Jeremy and Jenny Clark. Those are the owners. Because <laughs> you got to come uh Work out with us one day. I'll show I you. Will. I'll show you a few things. And to be honest, you look pretty like you're a natural. You're probably about ready to start sparring. Yeah. Most people, when they first get there, they have a lot of work to do. But you got that athleticism. You can tell. See, so everybody out there trying to fuck with me because what I say <laughs> on my podcast, I'll fuck you up. Yeah. Get in a couple months. Give me a couple months with Gavin. I'm gonna fuck you up. Okay. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I like like I said. I I grew up. We fought. You know what I mean. And. Sometimes when you just have a natural love for something, you kind of can skip the, uh, what do they call it, the novice. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the part about this is how you got to do it. This is how you got to crawl your hands up. Like I got that part. I just really need to, you know, Seasoning. how to execute. Seasoning. Yeah. There you go. Uh, April 23rd, Gavin Hendrickson versus, let me get my man's name right, Alex Citrowski. Somebody's O has got to go. You guys are both 1-0, man. 1-0, yeah. yeah. Both with knockouts, too. Both with knockouts. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to try to test that chin, Gavin. Don't don't get it fucked up. He's going to try to test that chin yeah, now. Yeah, that's what he thinks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we need tickets. Still, I don't know when this is coming out, but I still got tickets, and uh, we could put a link to if possible. Oh, yeah, this will be before the fight. This Okay. Be. Yeah, for Nitro uh, tickets, if you select referred by, there's a drop-down. You select Gavin Hendricks, and then I get a little percentage of the tickets, or just message me on uh Instagram, social media, it's all just my name, Gavin Hendrickson, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. And, yeah, definitely it'll be a good show. Uh, my training partner, Colton Warner, is uh, he's the main event. It's a big heavyweight fight with, I think, they're both undefeated too, if I believe. Okay. Uh, I, I trained with him. And then Robbie Lloyd, too, from uh, Work Gym. Is there a female fighting on the card, too? Yeah, there is. Uh, yeah. Amy something. Okay. Yeah. I thought yeah, I seen that she, uh, That should be a good fight, too. I think uh, yeah, women's, it's a nice fight, fight, women's fights are always uh, entertaining. Uh-huh. You know how emotional women are, so they yes. <laughs> they'll start yes. talking shit to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it gets catty fast. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of up-and-coming fighters and people trying to make a name for themselves, so. Even fights, too. On some boxing cards, there's a lot of lopsided, uneven fights, but there'll be some good even matchups, too. Dope. Dope. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. Like I said, I wish you the best of luck. You know what I'm saying? What you do is I'm just impressed by what it is that you do. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a fan. And so, like I said, um, good luck out there. And you know who I'll be rooting for? I'll be rooting for Gavin. That's where we're going. This household, the North Star Podcast, we root for Gavin, right? This motherfucker. Yeah, he told me to put the money. I'm putting the money up, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. So thank you for stopping by, man. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fans out there. I think I was the number one ticket seller there last time because it's right by my hometown and everything. So well, where you're good looking, tall. Let's let's put it out there. You're good looking, tall, blonde headed. Come on, you know what I'm saying? 
You're a good-looking kid. A lot of boxers have that ugly, oh, no, I can't put you on a T-shirt. Shit. You know what I'm saying? Gavin got that look like, I'll knock you out, take your bitch right after. Oh, yeah. Come on. Everybody <laughs> says I look like uh, Ivan Drago. You do that. look like fucking Ivan Drago. Yeah. He does look like Ivan Drago. Even on the on that on that press picture, I'll put it up there, guys, so you guys can see. But, yeah, when you got, doesn't he look like Ivan Drago right here? Look, I'm going to put it up right there for everybody to see. Looks like fucking Ivan Drago. That's the look I was talking about. He has that look like, if he dies... He dies. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that a lot. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. And, and this will be uh, just one of many. We'll look to have you back on the show. Hopefully, like after after you, you know, you get to heal up and eat and all that shit. We'll have you back and see. Yeah, we could have a cel- celebration podcast. And yeah, definitely. Once going or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank everybody out there for tuning into the North Star Podcast. Like I said, Gavin Gavin Hendrickson is here. Um, has a big fight the twenty third. Um, shouts out to everybody out there that's been supporting the podcast, the truckers, the Lyft drivers, everybody that tunes in and keeps us going. Shout out to everybody over there at Ignite that's putting it on. Like I said, Jeremy Bajornberg, I hope I'm saying that name right. Um, what's the guy's first name? Hinderaker? Eric Hinderaker. Eric Hinderaker um, over there at Ignite and everybody that's um, doing everything with this fight. Great job. We will be there. And uh, thanks, Gavin. Appreciate it, bro. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. Thank you. We out. There it is.